The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. And to Googleization Nation, um, we're starting to open up. Uh, I think all, uh, either today or by the end of the week, all 50 states should in some form or fashion be resuming business. And as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, that's probably just the beginning of a new normal, or as McKinsey calls it, the next normal, um, because it's opening up a whole new challenge, problems, uh, and one of those uh, is going to be hiring people, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've got a great guest, David Nason, uh, from Hirebrain, uh, who's been doing a ton of work uh, using science and data. Novel idea uh, when you're hiring people, uh, using science and data, uh, and he's got a couple of different, a couple good models uh, behind it, uh, including neuroscience. So we'll be chatting with him shortly. Uh, some of the other things that have been popping up, I uh, did a presentation yesterday, another virtual one for recruiting in the age of Googleization. Doing one tomorrow, I'm um, really excited about. Um, it's for um, actually a, a marketing company and, and a publishing company that I've worked with prior to this. And, and they're, they, they work primarily in the staffing organization. So they asked me to talk about the, the new culture or the, the uh, reimagining culture in a post-pandemic world, which is the title of it. So I've been doing a lot of work on what that's going to look like, listening to a lot of thought leaders and people. Uh, and that's, it, you know, it's, it's, um, it's going to be challenging. Um, and, you know, some of the, some of the things are people, the, the companies that are, are doing well in this environment uh, seem to have a good, a solid purpose. They know who, the, what they're about. Uh, they're communicating with their employees and their customers throughout on a regular basis. Um, it really put transparency and authenticity and values in the, in the forefront. Uh, and, but it's also created what I've been calling, uh, especially with 36 and a half million unemployed people. And it'll probably tick up a little bit, uh, for, you know, to, tomorrow, I think the numbers come out again or on Friday, um, uh, is that, uh, there's, you know, recruitment and hiring is going to look, is going to feel like shoveling out of a, a blizzard with a, with a teaspoon. And the more people I talk to that are starting to reopen, starting to look at ways to bring their, their employees back. Uh, it's it's going to be a recruitment challenge uh, and a, a talent acquisition challenge, but also a hiring challenge uh, because, again, people um, are going to be a lot more selective 
Uh, you know, they're going to just, just from a physical remote standpoint of how they're going to work. But if you're in the hospitality or retail business where you do need people on the forefront uh, and people are, are coming back, uh, there, there are some people that are going to choose not to come back because it's not the right culture. They're going to people people that do do want to come back uh, and maybe the employers don't want them to come back. Maybe that's not their their top choice. So how you hire is all is going to be as important as how you uh, recruit, how, how, how do you find the people, and then how do you determine that they're the right person. And it's a really expensive process. So um, David uh, and I, he and I were going back and forth yesterday uh, through some e- emails, and he already feels like a kindred spirit because uh, we, we are – the hiring has just been uh, pretty much of a of a guess, uh, and um, as a title I, I've put out there already is that hiring is definitely not a a no brainer. So we'll be doing that. Uh, the other thing that came out yesterday, and I haven't had or just Monday, I think, uh, uh, Keith, this was your old stomping grounds uh, job fight just came out with the new their their nation their job seeker nation report. I guess right. that's their annual report. Amazing amount of data. Uh, again, it's got 32 pages, and like each one, I was like, "Wow, that's that's something." The one that stuck out, and I'm trying to look for it here, which follows in line with what I was just talking about, that oh, 54% of workers apply for jobs even if they don't have all the skills that are just, that are required in the job description. More than half. I, I think that number is going to skyrocket in in the oh next my goodness weeks. yeah yeah that's yeah that's and then, and then, I mean, I don't know if we want the first rabbit hole we dive down to to go towards the inefficiencies that recruiters have to deal with in order to find viable candidates. But uh, you know, going back well, to well, that fits in line with what David's doing. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. obviously, if you don't know what you're looking for, then anybody fits. So, so it's like, how do you really define what we should be looking for and then get the data and the science to back it up rather than, uh, you know, we're going to hire, you know, he, he worked out. So, you know, he, he had a, a single personality trait or he had, he had a five year degree or he went to this school. So let's hire everybody that fits into that category. Yeah. So, and that's never worked in the past. No, no sense is why it's going to work in the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting to me, Ira, because when the last let's call it like a market shift took place, and I don't think there's a market shift like this ever, but um, the one in two thousand eight, I was so busy with you know my kids were younger, like literally less than two years. Both of them were one was newborn, one was two years old. So I was and I was kind of doing my thing at ADP, getting president's club. So I was head down, heads down. This is interesting to me because I, I feel like I get to experience just the pure observation of, of behavior within organizations like I, I could have only dreamed of. And so I'll be curious to find out what the, uh, the, the geek and the geezer have to say today on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the higher brain and the higher authority, right? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, meet, meet head to head. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, you know, there, even what you just said, um, and and again, I, you know, maybe I become a better listener. Um, but as people were talking, it's like, wow, there's what you just said. There was a lot to unpack because even now, I mean, you're you're, you're a single father. Uh, you got kids at home. Uh, everybody does, but everybody's wrestling with some. Some people do have two. Dual or dual dual wage earners at home, two professionals, two people earning. 
Um, but there, you know, caregiving, um, you know, daycare, uh, there, there's nobody for that. Um, elder care, uh, just doing the, the routine, trying to create that, uh, as you say, the life work integration. Uh, this is putting that to the test, you know, for yeah. sure. Uh, all People are going to need training, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, that's the biggest thing is I, I just got off. I was just listening to a call. Um, uh, there was the CEO. It was a partner in McKinsey and a CEO of Catalyst. And they were both talking, both very, very successful uh, women, and they were talking about the future of work and what this was going to look like. And as they said, one of the biggest problems with the remote from work, although they were indicating that between 50 and 70 percent of the people will continue to um, to, to work from uh, whether it's work from home or work remotely, uh, they're going to continue to do that. But it's it's how are companies going to help people establish boundaries? You know, yeah. I mean, flexibility is one thing, but flexibility also means that you can work from 7 a.m. to midnight. Um, and and especially if it's not like they're they're working for three hours and then they're going out and playing golf or tennis or running or jogging is that there's the the other interruptions is they're taking care of their family. Right. And, and, and you know, all those other uh, balances. And right now everybody's home. What happens when when kids start having activities or or, yeah. you know, if you take care of your parents and now you have, you know, so once people are out, it's going to make life. It's, it's going to really put this to the test. So that'll be Ira, challenging. You know, at the risk of being the guy who, you know, co-hosts this podcast, I do want to mention to everybody that uh, when I'm not being a single dad with two kids and not starting up the ROI shop, I also have my consulting concept of yep. life work integration yep. that, you know, I'll, I'll talk to people about all day long because, I mean, here we are like there, you know, integration is the free flowing, ex uh, you know, the free flowing exchange of energy and ideas between what I call two, at least two systems. So, you know, it's the, the, now you know the level of fascination I have with the way businesses are going to resurface. And all things considered, 60% um, of the people that are currently at home are going to stay here. This is macro. Like this ties in yeah. into so many different realities that we've been talking about that we were almost expecting to have happen over the last year and a half, right? Yeah, but gradually. I mean, you, you were talking about, you know, this this was something that was going to happen in a gradual uh, way that uh, life work integration was going to become more important. And then all of a sudden, overnight, it became. Yeah. Key. And so yeah. it'll, it'll be exciting. So we'll be talking a lot more about that. But in the meantime, uh, that it's a good setup uh, to be able to bring on David, uh, because all these factors are going to impact who's the right person to hire for the job. Because just because somebody has the right edu you know, has, has X number of years of experience or X number of, um, uh, you know, the right degree or they've had success in the past does not mean in any way that they'll have success in the future. So, you know, what are those skills? What are those behaviors? What are those values? What are those attitudes that people are going to have? And, and how do you measure them? So I'm, I'm really excited about this. So I'm really happy to welcome David Nason uh, from the CEO and co-founder of Higher Brain to the show. Thanks. Welcome, David. Yeah, thanks, Ira. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on today. 
So tell us a little bit about the background. How did you get to, um, you know, where did higher brain come from? What was the pathway to get there? And then we'll, we'll dig into the, to the background, the science on that. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, so it's a, it's a long and storied story um, to what brought us to today. But this is a multi-year journey uh, that started back in the mid-2000s uh, when, you know, when you're younger, um, uh, I, I, you know, I grew up uh, originally in sales and then uh, management in a services company uh, before I became what was then known as a headhunter. Uh, and in the beginning, I assumed that uh, hiring managers – uh, were good at hiring, that they knew what they needed, they knew what they wanted. They certainly told me that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure they told you that. <laughs> well, They're really good. Topic. They've been doing this for 20 years. Therefore, I'm good. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's really interesting, actually, and I hate to jump off this aside, but I, I can't help myself that in, so we survey everybody and we, we've been, this is, this research goes back really the seed bed of this goes back to the mid 2000s uh, but we've been studying it intently over seven eight years um, one thing that's really interesting is that in our pre uh, uh, training pre-education surveys hiring managers both report a very high level of confidence in their ability to make a great hiring decisions mm -hmm. and they also say that they need help they feel like they don't know so they both have a very high level of confidence, but they, but they also report that they really don't know how to make hiring decisions. Interesting, right? Yeah, a little bit of a paradox there. Or, yeah, or, or yeah, hypocrisy. Very much so. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you hold two things in your head at the same time? Um, but I, you know, I, I found out, you know, relatively quickly that, that, um, that it's a challenge. Uh, it's a significant challenge. And um, I set out to to solve um, uh, solve for that. I you know I, I honestly there's there's a couple of audiences that I have uh, uh, and hold close to my heart. One of those is certainly recruiting. I grew up in that world. I still consider myself um, part of that tribe, if you will. Um, but hiring managers also. I think that the the line hiring manager job, the line manager job, is uh, if not the most challenging, one of the most challenging uh, roles. Um, all around the world. Um, they're getting it from all sides. Um, and I set out to, to create something to, to help them, to help solve their problems, if that makes sense. So, so rolling back the clock to like 20, you know, as it sounds like you've been in the business about 20 years and, or so, um, how have things, or what, what were some of the things that you saw were missing from that hiring formula? Uh, you know, just because somebody says I need help, um, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of people offering help at, in improving hiring, and including me. I mean, I'm, I've been in this yeah. space for 25 years, and you know, and 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 you know, I we provide, you know, primarily, I mean, the main part of the business is we provide pre-employment and leadership testing, you know, and and I use them as a guide, not as a, you know, the magic bullet, because there's a lot of it's it's Correct. one piece of the puzzle, uh, but. It, it before it was if you can answer these 30 or 50 or 100 questions uh, this will give us an idea who you are you've taken it to a much i mean you you're you're way way beyond that it's not even 
studying just the data, but now we're getting into the neuroscience of it. So let's talk about that yeah. transition. Let's talk about where, you know, the state of hiring today versus 1996 when I started this business. Sure. Yeah, 100 percent. So a couple of things. So one of them is, you know, I grew up um, in a long line of, of scientists. My dad was a microbiology anatomy phys uh, professor for 45 years. Uh, his grandfather was a fairly well-known uh, chemist. Uh, back at a time where, I, quite frankly, I don't really want to know what kind of chemistry he was doing uh, in the early <laughs> 1900s. <laughs> but uh, my brother's a PhD in Chicago in neurobiology. So um, I've always approached um, everything in a workplace environment using the scientific method. And so when I embarked upon this journey, my goal was to find out uh, very open-mindedly um, to find out what exact, what are the keys to success in hiring? What does even success in hiring mean? For instance, it was a period of time for us to, for, you know, to discover what exactly how, how we define that. Um, and what we landed on was that success in hiring is both productivity over the long term, as well as both employee satisfaction we say it's, it's both pro productivity and satisfaction, but that satisfaction is both for the hiring manager and the new employee. So that's how we define success in hiring. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It, you know, it's, it's an right? important three-legged stool. And, and I think so often it, it becomes, uh, and I think the one piece of that that was measured, uh, you know, certainly it became hiring manager, but what their criteria was, uh, and, and even to this day, when you ask a hiring manager what the success look like, they're, they're pretty evasive. I mean, it's pretty vague and, and it's tough to, to apply data to vague concepts. It's like, you know, well, they're nice, you know, they're a nice person. Or, or they seem to be busy, or, or, or they do a lot of work. Um, you know, how, you know, what, what does that look like? <laughs> Absolutely, I can remember. You know, back in the day, it was interesting. You know, both. Um, you know, at the beginning of a search, um, a, a you know managers, leaders, and so on will tell you the things that they want in a hire. You know, and then sometimes, and this happened on a fairly regular basis, you would find a person who could do the things that they were describing, right, in the way that they described them. And then at the, at the end, you, there was this conversation, and those in recruiting completely can relate to this. Um, they would all of a sudden pull back. You know, well, what's the, what's the issue? This, literally, they, they meet every requirement that you have. And then the person would say something to the effect of, well, you know, I just don't know if I could have a beer with them. I have a beer with him. Like, what are you talking about? And so it was funny. Like, my I would never. Well, maybe that's why I've never. People. I've always worked for myself. Never got a job. I don't like beer, so I would. I would <laughs> I never like be. Beer. I would never be hired. <laughs> there you have right. it. So my, my so my response in the moment was, well, let me ask you a question. If they have a one point five million dollar quota and they deliver three million dollars in revenue to you. Do you think you might want to buy them a beer? And they're like, good point. I said, okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> they made the hire and the person was successful. And I've used that, uh, I don't even know, hundreds, and I've shared that with hundreds of people, you know, over the course of time. Like, you know, you don't want to have a beer. Well, let me tell you, if they deliver to you, right, um, uh, would you not want to buy them a beer? So, you know, one of the things as you as you were going down that road, the, the other one that I come up with is when you look at most job descriptions or job, job postings, I won't say this is in the job description, but job postings, everybody's looking for that uh, somebody who's highly motivated and takes initiative. And then 
30 days or 60 or 90 days later, you talk to the person that, that you helped hire and they say, oh, they just didn't work out. Why? Well, they just couldn't follow directions. Um, they, they would <laughs> yeah. do things without asking uh, us, um, you know, that they didn't follow the rules. And I go, didn't you want somebody who was highly motivated and takes initiative and could and and, uh, you know, it, is an independent thinker? That's what you that's who you wanted. That's who you interviewed for. And then the first thing is, is, oh, they don't fit in. They don't follow the rules and, and they they want to climb to the top right away. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, people ask for things um, partially, be you know, it's it's socialization um, internally within organizations and then externally what people read and see. And they read and see something that seems like, oh, that's a that's a key to success. I'm just going to adopt those words. But what those words mean in a particular environment can be very, very different than another environment. Um, and so it's the definition of what do those words mean in your environment? Like, what does it actually look like for somebody? How, did the, how does someone in your world successfully behave, right, in a way that is taking initiative or whatever else, you know, they're, they're, the words are, you know, that they use, you know, because as we know, it's not just the job, but it's also the environment, right, that's ultimately mm -hmm. conducive to to success. And in this program and what we did over this period of time was we studied everything that had a positive corollary effect to, well, we studied everything that had a corollary effect um, post hire. So we were interested in what are the things that have a positive, positive corollary effect, right? In role post hire over the long term, right? Versus everything else. And so those are the things that we advocate for. Some of them sound counterintuitive, right? They've heard people say, I mean, just an article, you know, that came out in the New York Times last week by a very well-known, very well-respected MBA business consultant was talking about situational interviews, going through all this stuff about behavioral interviews are the best way. And then, but you also, if you want to know what somebody will do in the future, you need to ask situational interviews. You need to ask people, well, what would you do if you were in this situation? It's one of the worst questions you could ever ask anybody because they don't know. They don't know. Whatever they say from there on out, they're making it up. And it's not their fault. That's just, and it's, and maybe they'll do it, but maybe they won't do it. <laughs> it's just fantastic. But that's kind of conventional wisdom. If you want to know somebody, you know, ask them, put them in a situational, um, situational questions and answers to those have zero corollary, positive corollary effect um, to success and role. And a significant portion of the time, over 60%, the answer to the question has a negative corollary to success in role. Fascinating, right? What's always been interesting with, with yeah with that is, and certainly there's been the studies that have been done, uh, you know, a while ago on the reliability of, of different parts of the hiring process, and it is a cumulative effect. I mean, you don't you don't want to just do an interview, you just don't want to test, you just don't want to look at a resume. It's each 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 of those adds value. Uh, to the, you know, to your process, but the value, but the predictability of, of the interview, especially for most people, I mean, if you're a, an astute behavioral interviewer, 
uh, and have been trained and you can read the, and, and you can also assess the body language and and their tone and and you also can evaluate the quality of their dis, uh, of their the response uh, at best you're about 50 I think it's 54 percent accurate um, because because it also depends on your your mood of the day it depends on the interviewees mood and and how their and and their performance and it also is the environment also as you said earlier impacts um you know the the how the responses are done and now that we're doing all these interviews over video uh that changes the whole dynamic as well uh and and so the reliability and the consistency of, of the responses is crazy but as as you said is just because they give you the right response, you ask a situational interview, how would you deal with this? And they respond doesn't mean they're capable of delivering on that. It just means intellectually they know what to do, but it doesn't mean they have the ability to actually do it or to engage a team of people to help you, to help them. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. It's interesting in a an interview, you know, that interview behavior uh, is not work behavior. But yet, people make hiring decisions based on interview behavior. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. And sometimes that's you know, the only people, thing they use. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't believe in tests. Okay. So you're, but but it's, the, right. but it's yeah. been proven that the value of the interview is really questionable, and especially from hiring managers who most of them aren't really trained interviewers, and they don't learn this in four hour, you know, a four hour course once in a lifetime <laughs> you know it's well, so funny yeah, listening 100%. to you it's, it's hilarious listening to you guys from my perspective because if it kind of feels like there's a punchline at the end of every sentence or idea that you share it's like when you look at it a different way you can't help but notice that the 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 momentum of recruitment in general is almost in the wrong direction or like there's there's just a huge miss with the way that people actually process the the entire talent acquisition process, it's in, it's. I never thought. I'm yeah, like yeah, listening yeah. to you guys. It it's is hilarious. <laughs> it is a total yeah. miss. It's a whiff. It you know I it, you know the, I I've put at this a lot of times is that hiring you know basically hiring hiring in traditional using traditional methods is is no better than flipping a coin. And people say, oh, we're, we're better than that. We have an 80% higher rate. And then it goes back to what you were saying, David, is what was the criteria for that? Just, just because, you know, well, they, they perform pretty well. They're average, you know, but at least they stayed with us for 90 days. <laughs> that, that was the hiring <laughs> success. At least they didn't quit. They, right. didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go for lunch and they actually came back. So therefore, hey, it's better that at least we have a warm body that showed up. And that's, that's a good criteria. <laughs> and you know um it's pretty we're coming up on the break here david but when we come back i want to i want to pick your brain a little bit more because as far as i could tell everything about recruitment in the business world has just changed and it, i want to get your thoughts on 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 what if any like the the outlook of town acquisition leaders and and sales leaders uh, do they actually think they could keep doing things the same way that they were before the coronavirus hit? Yeah, we'll yeah talk about that. you. that'll be fun. That'll be fun. 
Yeah, and we and we definitely we definitely want to get back in, you know, dig a little bit deeper into how you do it differently. You know, what what do you yeah. have? Because you do have a solution that's different than what we've been talking about. So you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm here with uh, Keith Compagna, my co-host, and our guest David Nason from Hire Brain. We've been talking about hiring, uh, and up to this point, mostly why it's not working. And when you so hang in there, when you come back uh, after the break, uh, we're going to be talking about how we can make it better, how we can fix it, and what David's doing to do that. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. Hang in there. We'll be back in about two minutes. Hi, everyone. This is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, with Keith Compagna. And our guest today is David Nason from Higher Brain. Hey, uh, when we left off, we were talking about, uh, I'm just wondering, in fact, during the break, we were wondering how anybody has ever succeeded uh, because hiring is, is, is really pretty, the hiring methods up to this point uh, were fairly unreliable for a lot of companies and uh, they've experienced that. But, you know, fortunately, data and science uh, and analytics and, and just people in general wanting to be a lot smarter in the way they do things is changing. So I know, Keith, you had a couple, uh, I think you had a couple questions you wanted to, to dive in with, but we want to get to uh, the science between higher brain as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, I could probably combine the two things here because I'm listening to you guys talking and, and I ran a staffing agency for, you know, a year long enough to know <laughs> that there's theory and there's reality in what's going on out there. And it seems to me that any hope that the pre-COVID-19 recruitment process had has been destroyed, has been obliterated, ob- obliterated. Yeah, obliterated. And it's like, you know, you, you, the answer is in the data. I'm a software guy. We're all software guys. We know that. And here's David with, a, with, a, with higher brain that basically says, don't trust your gut as much as you think you should. Let's, let's really look at this uh, through the eyes of data and through the eyes of science. So it, to me, that sounds like massive opportunity for any recruitment organization or talent acquisition leader who's recognizing that now is the perfect time to think differently. So I'm curious, David, 
when you're out there talking to people, what are you seeing? Like, how are they responding to the this? The and and the good news is is I, I'm I'm only asking you to go back two months or so, right? Like, how are people yeah. responding differently now that they're realizing that the system that they used to work in no longer exists? Yeah, interesting, right? So, I mean, people are in three camps for the most part, right? People who are in some stage of denial, right? Either about what's going on or the fact that the world has changed, right? They just want things to go back to way the way that they were, right? Um, there's a camp of people who they're well aware that the world changed and then they don't know what to do about it. So they're kind of just sitting down, you know, and then there are people who are progressive. They are, they're taking stock. They, you know, there are knowns, there are unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns, uh, for sure. Right. With what the future is going to look like, but there are some things that are, um, that we now know, uh, will be different, right? You guys were talking about it earlier. Um, there are a significant number of jobs are not going back to offices and they're certainly not going back to offices, um, in the short term. So if you want to be productive, if you want to be successful, if you want to get things done, you're going to have to both work remotely and you're going to have to hire, uh, remotely. And that involves, um, that involves some change. We've actually seen some significant positive out, uh, outcomes here. Um, I can tell you that all of the, uh, all of the, the big, uh, search firms, executive search firms have all now made their first entirely virtual executive hires. Fantastic. So six months ago, they never, ever, no one would have ever thought that that was possible to do. Right. Um, we're also hearing things like that, that hiring cycles and interview cycles are shorter than they used to be. There is no office. So it's interesting that by not having that office environment, or that office interview where somebody comes, flies somewhere, spends eight hours kind of being dragged from office to office, anybody who happens to be on hand, you know, and available to interview them, um, you know, pulled into the room. Those experiences were usually significantly negative for candidates. Well, it's just not possible to do that anymore, right? So um, the hiring, the slate of decision makers has shrunk. That's a positive thing. Um, and the time uh, to, uh, to decision has also uh, shrunk during this period of time. Those are both positive things. Yeah, absolutely. So part part of your, and I want to get into this because uh, again, we keep hearing this word word neuroscience, uh, you know, pop up, yeah. and and that's sort of the basis of where you are. And you know, I was sharing with you earlier, uh, you know, conversation I had just uh, in the beginning of the week with somebody uh, was talking about the neuroscience between an, behind an assessment they were using. And just because, you know, I, again, I, I respect people who have PhDs in neuroscience and multiple degrees. And sometimes, uh, you know, they'd be an MD, PhD, um, and, uh, you know, they're brilliant, brilliant people. But, you know, some sometimes, uh, you know, they've got their biases in there as well. So, Let's talk about the, do. you know, how, how do you bring neuroscience? How do you bring science to the hiring process? Because it's beyond just data. I mean, you know, That's I correct. Mean, yeah. it's, it's way beyond yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, some people would argue that it is all data <laughs> uh, um, without a doubt. Right. Because um, uh, every, every piece of information, whether you're experiencing it as a particular number um, or not is still, is still data, but I can tell you exactly, you know, what it is. I mean, we, we, there are three kind of core elements to higher brain, uh, that we discovered were all significantly helpful, 
um, to, to hiring managers uh, and the overall uh, success of hiring. So it was the science of the, uh, number one is the science of decision-making. So, um, and in each of these areas, we have collaborators and people who have informed this work who are, you know, preeminent worldwide um, uh, uh, experts in these areas. Um, the science of decision-making and how to make a rational decision, how our brains work. For instance, our brains are wired to make as many automatic decisions as possible and as few strategic decisions as possible. So strategic decisions are often described as cognitive um, or conscious decisions, right? And automatic decisions as unconscious decisions. Now, I've, I've heard, read this now dozens of times about how biases are mental mistakes. Well, they're not mental mistakes. They may be wrong and they may be morally reprehensible. However, it's not a mental mistake. That's how our brains are wired. And the truth is that we discovered is you can, you can discover what your own biases are and be aware of the ones that are negative and the ones that are positive. You know, like, well, how can I have a positive you know, bias? Well, the more experience you have, right, the more decisions that you make on a regular basis without thinking about them. Some of those lead to success and productivity. Some of those do not. Whether I can have a beer with somebody is not a productive Right. That does not have that doesn't you know, lead to a productive decision. Your point earlier about whether, you know, I hired somebody who graduated from blank university, you know, Schenectady. They were fantastic. So I'm just going to hire people from that. That is a negative. That would be a, a, a decision, if you will, an unconscious decision that doesn't lead to productive, um, a productive outcome. Um, the second one is probability science. Right. And that's wrapped in both data as well as behavioral economics. So what is, what leads to the highest pro that's the goal in a hire, right? I mean, what are you doing in hire? I mean, ultimately, right. You're mitigating risk, right. And you have a hope, if you will, right. You want the highest probability for success. Uh, the third element is social sciences, how to create an interview process and how to interview people to get actionable data, the type of data that will lead to a predictable uh, decision. And then we wrapped all of that up in, in the science of, of adult learning, right? I mean, we have to, the goal here is that, you know, we're a little bit different in that we both teach and train people how to make great hiring decisions. And then we built a tool for them to use before, during, and after um, the, uh, the, the process. Um, and the third element that we discovered is, is key in adoption of new methodology is a support mechanism. Right. So typically people go to a class, maybe they got some great information. Right. But that immediately when they when they leave the course, when they leave that room, if they leave the virtual environment, they start forgetting all of those various different things. Right. And those people aren't available typically after that. Like, how do I actually apply this thing? And that was where we step in. We're with learners all along the way. Right. So that they can figure out how to adopt that methodology. And that's what's led to literally, I mean, ridiculous um, uh, results, uh, both in the learning and adoption of the methodology, as well as in as in uh, people's uh, hiring hiring results. So are, are you are you training people to hire differently or is there a technology that's involved with this? Yeah, so so both. I mean, number one is, is that. Uh, what we have uh, discovered, and by the way, discovered, this is over thousands, uh, you know, of hires over, uh, you know, multiple years of time. Um, so 
but you know, you were talking about you know earlier about you know, scientists and brilliant people who know things and it's science based and so on. Well, my world is what's the practical application, you know, of that particular thing, right? And if you haven't proved it in an actual workplace environment, then as far as I'm concerned, it's philosophy. It's just a theory. We have a theory that if you do X, it will lead to Y. Well, I've been putting those things to the test in real world environments to test and see whether, in fact, you know, those things, you know, were true or not. So at the core of it and the core of probability here is that it's a different way of thinking, right? A job description is a rearward facing view of a job. It's a laundry list of everything we think that we want to see in a candidate, right? What we have discovered is, and what we advocate, what we show people how to do every day is take a forward facing view of a job, creating a plan for a role. What are, what is the objective that we're trying to reach by hiring? What business problems are we trying to solve, right? What new opportunities or new things are we trying to create by hiring? And actually put that on a plan, put it on a calendar, a 30, 60, 90 day plan, a six month plan, nine to 12 months, and then even beyond nine, even beyond 12 months, right? 12 plus months by simply writing down what it is that you want to accomplish, what's your primary objective in hiring, and then putting that with deliverables on a plan, that work alone leads to a significant, significant increase in success at the 12-month mark, 18-month mark, 24-month mark, uh, and beyond. It is a fundamental different way of looking at a job. The more you talk, the more it's like, you know, one of more things that pop into my head. One of the questions I ask is, say, what's your favorite question? Or, or and and I, and to get engaged with the client when they call me up and they say, hey, do you have a test for this? Or, or how can you evaluate that? Or can you help me with interview questions? And the first thing I ask is, tell me if you're sitting across from that new hire one year from now, what is it that they were supposed to have accomplished? Brilliant. Perfect. Yep. That's and they exactly don't know. Right. That is exactly and they don't right. know. And they, they said one is I'd be happy if they're still here. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't know. They don't know. And that's that's why, you know, we created this this engine. It wasn't enough to have a training course and it wasn't enough to have software for them to use. And it wasn't enough to just have support. It's that the it is all three of those uh, elements combined that lead to those better results. And we can handhold somebody into we have a very specific process, right? Like to your question, you know, what, 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 is, what does that look like? We help them to articulate what it is uh, that they do and how, how those objectives are aligned to, you know, overall corporate objectives. Um, and, uh, and, and we step through this process and then, and then they get it. You know, what's interesting is people in general, and by in general, I mean the vast majority of people and organizations around the world they approach hiring differently than any other business process mm-hmm. at work. You wouldn't build software the way that you hire. <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't uh, build a hospital the way that you hire. You wouldn't do any of the things that you do, you know, and, and, at work the way that you hire. So, so why, why do you hire that way? Right? Well, I, I don't know. That's just, that's, seems like the only way 
you know, I don't know. That's how such and so did it. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so I, again, going back to this, and and I had uh, maybe the the wrong perception. Is so so basically, you're you have a methodology a methodology. You're 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 going through that. You collect all this data. Is is there technology involved in predicting the likelihood? You know, if if I if 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 I tell you exactly what my parameters are, how I'm going to measure success in nine, 30 days, 90 days, 180, and 365, I've got all that lined up. I'm able to identify the skills that are available. What yeah. and, and so you'll take me through the process. What, what's next? I mean, how do you verify that it that it's accurate? What what's what's your you know what what do you guys do? Ah, it's the beautiful. It's the interview, isn't it? It's the interview. How do we get the data that we need about a person, right, in order to make a decision about them? Um, well, here's the here's the thing um, that I I truly believe will someday the robots make decisions about you know who we hire and who we don't hire. Uh, maybe maybe at some places they will. Right? Will will AI make the hiring decision? Pull the hiring manager out of the equation. Well. I believe that at the end of the day, a hiring manager, by and large, they're going to choose their employees. Uh, and here's the thing that people don't talk about enough in this conversation. The employee, right, the candidate, they also are going to make a decision on whether or not they want to work for that company. Well, what test is going to convince an employee or a candidate to take a job somewhere, right? Well, they're not. You know, so we do have an interview uh, methodology. It is um, there are at its core, it is behavioral interviewing. Right. But how we teach and advocate people to interview um, uh, in a behavioral with a core of, you know, behavioral science, right. Behavioral interviewing. The way that they do that is paramount to getting great information. So here's a for instance, I'll give you an example that people, if they trust you, they are, they will, they're more truthful with you. They're more truthful and they're more accurate, right? Mm -hmm. So one thing that we discovered was that both, and this is not a, you know, both of you guys, will, I'm sure you'll, <laughs> you'll immediately say, oh yeah, no kidding. We knew that, right? So, you know, we discovered that candidates lie. No. Fascinating, right? <laughs> we, we also discovered that hiring managers lie. Yep. What? Well, neither one of that's not, <laughs> I know, right? Right. But you know what? we discovered that both parties in some cases, a majority of t the time, right? Upwards of 80, 90% of the things that they say that are untruthful is it's unintentional. People unintentionally lie. And why do they do that? Because an interview process an interview is a social construct. And in a social construct, people have, various different points of view or, or behaviors, right? Some people are people pleasers, okay? A lot of people are, especially candidates. They're watching the hiring manager and they're trying to tell the hiring manager what that hiring manager wants to hear. They will report after the interview. They will have told a story. It's completely bogus. They are aware that it's bogus, right? But they can't help themselves. And they will say afterwards, I don't know why I told them that story. I mean, like... I, I just don't under, you know, well, now we know, we know because yeah. in that social environment, right? So we advocate an environment. I know we're getting close to time here and I'm, 
I tend to be long-winded, as you guys could tell. I mean, it's, hey, it's just been, but, not just but it's a, a but it's a great project, conversation. We said we, we said yeah. we knew this go fast. So, hey, before we before we do run out of time, is how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, I I'm uh, my my feel free to send me an email. My, my our website is higherbrain. It's h i r e b r a i n dot com. Higherbrain dot com. You can reach me through there. You can send me an email. I'm at david dot mason. That's N is in November, A-S-O-N, at higherbrain.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, David Nason. Um, I've been at uh, Oracle, Cisco, Infor, Higherbrain, so that's probably enough to find me on LinkedIn and, and Twitter as well. I'm, I am the David Nason uh, at, uh, at Twitter. Yeah. Super, David. Uh, we, we we definitely need to get you back. I mean, this is fascinating, and there's a lot that we've actually had a really, really active chat, and I apologize to all you guys that were asking questions. Um, just kind of a heads up uh, for anybody who uh, wants to continue the conversation, uh, connect with me on, on LinkedIn or with Keith. Uh, we'll continue going there. Or if you have something specific, go to geekskeezersgoogleization.com. Uh, and uh, just in the contact form, it's real quick. Just throw your question in there, and I definitely get back to you. Because we had some good questions about what we think uh, a lot about, uh, you know, people are going to go back to work and if they had sick days and policies and not necessarily related to the hiring per se. Uh, and then Alvin had a question about theory. And uh, I, I think you might agree with this, uh, David. Uh, it sounds like a lot of your work was based on, uh, like, the work of uh, Kahneman, da Daniel Kahneman. With a look. Big, yes. Yeah. Yep. Kahneman yeah. University, yep. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So for, for anybody who's interested, I'd look up Daniel Kahneman as well. Uh, and uh, he's, he's got some, uh, you know, you can either buy one of his books or, or, or read some of the, the summaries of it and you'll get a, the gist of it. And that's sort of the answers. There's definitely this is way, way beyond theory. Uh, there's definitely science here. Uh, but we appreciate your time. David, I appreciate uh, you being here, yeah, and we definitely Thank need to get you back. We're going to be you and I are, are going to be continuing this conversation. So, <laughs> hey, hey, thanks, <laughs> especially when you talked about trust, uh, which, by the way, is we yeah. have a new trust profile which looks at transparency and some of these different factors. We're offering it for free right now. So if anybody's listening, you can go up, not anybody, whoever is listening, go to bit.ly. It's bit.ly forward slash trust profile. One word. You can go up and take it. It is free uh, for a couple of weeks yet uh, while we're still uh, kind of collecting some data and introducing it. So you can try that and see if people would trust you. Uh, and uh, that'll be important, especially if you're a hiring manager or a recruiter. Um, Keith, we're going to wrap it up pretty quick here. Any final words, like 10 seconds? No, I mean, best of luck to you, David. The the software is exactly what the marketplace needs, what recruiters need, what what candidates need so thank you very much for coming on the show yeah yeah likewise Absolutely. thanks for having me guys so thanks again to all our listeners, uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization, and also those uh, part of Googleization Nation. Don't forget to join GoogleizationNation.com. Uh, it is free, and you'll get updates about this. And we've got a couple webinars coming up next. Actually, our first webinar is coming up next week and doing some more live streams. So you'll get notices about that. Uh, remember, uh, my book's still available at join.googleizationnation.com. That's free. Uh, thank you again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution for allowing us to be on the air and sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. Hopefully you guys will go up and look at them and see how they can help. Uh, and until next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. Or you can listen to any of our replays on Spotify, Apple, Google, 
play. I heart. Um, I'm sure I missed a couple there. All of um, them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Any of the popular podcasts. So until next week, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Capagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Thank you.